Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and The Sixth Doctor. So I said two packets of crisps, a uh, pack of donuts, uh, coffee, and uh, tea with two sugars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, what were we talking about? Oh, welcome to the Colton Collective podcast. Sorry, you caught me driving through. <clears throat> uh, yes, we're going to have an interesting show today. Um, I'm in a fun mood. Um, and hopefully Dave's in a fun mood too. Hello, Dave. New, now, our strap line last year was seamless, and that was a seamless transition, but we're on fantastic, Ian. You're, you're supposed to be in fantastic. So up your game, matey. Fantastic, well, the, that's what we want. The, Hi, everyone. The, donut, the donuts are pretty good. Ah. And they, make a, and they make a nice cup of tea. So we're on our way to fantastic. We're probably um, pretty remarkable at the moment, working our Ooh. way to fantastic. S- sounds more like delicious to me, but there you go. Ooh, well, you're not so bad looking yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the flirting out of the way. Let's get down to the show. <laughs> also joining us on audio, uh, Lord Quizmaster himself from Friday Night Trivial on Radio Free Gamelin. It's Mr. Randall Thor. Uh, you can just put the check in the mail for that one, Mike. <laughs> Where'd you go? I'm here. That was brave. Oh, oh, dear. Uh-huh. oh you're over there now. You're over there now. <laughs> yes. Now, 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 to all his great efforts, supreme efforts just recently, and I think we ought to yeah. give him um, a time to do his, a little advertising spot for his regenerated show. Do you? I just did. <laughs> yes. You could have asked for a better plug. See, we need a bit more information than that. Okay. Oh. Well, he can, he can dish on the rest. Why, hello there. Yeah, Friday Night Trivia, serious, trivial, I should say. Season 2 has begun. Uh, Friday nights, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, although the, that's soon going to be Eastern Daylight Time, uh, with Daylight Saving Time coming up this month. Uh, but 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 72402 over here on TalkShoe. Uh, we just started our second season. Had a pretty good episode. Had a had a new person joining join the show. We'll see if, that, yeah. if we haven't scared that person off. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not. I hopefully hope he sticks around for a long time. Me too. So yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, he joined at a very, a very competitive game, one where you really had to be very smart to do well on it. But uh, great. I think he was almost smarter than you, Dave. Ah, possible. Almost. Online. Online. Did, did very well, but uh, yeah, I think you, I think you outshone the, the room. 
not giving any spoilers away. You'll have to listen. Yeah. But, uh, I do sing on it. That is a that is a warning in advance. Uh, Just saying. Little is a little Ian karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is anybody else here? I hope so. Hands up, anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Is anyone here? Uh, you at the back. Oh me? Oh no! I, yeah, you're... I wasn't really here officially. I oh, just was wandering yeah. past. I saw the door open. And I peeked my head. Oh, okay. in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll Keep we'll call you. By. You know what? We'll we'll call you. No, you can stay, but um, you just have to wear this um, I'll explain later T-shirt and call yourself dark skeptical for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Sorry, is this some sort of fetish podcast? I don't I don't understand the unusual. Just do as you're told. Just sit there and don't say anything. <laughs> but at least the instructions are clear. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, at least Perry had a better excuse. I mean, he got a phone call from SpaceX. He said they wanted to do this rendezvous up in space with the space station. But, uh, they couldn't risk real astronauts. They needed a dummy to sit in the device. So, so that, that's where Perry went. Well... <laughs> Either that, or, either that, or they're opening a, an ice cream shop on the space station. Well, I think it's an ice cream social they're having, so they needed to send uh, Perry. Yeah, one of the astronauts said, "I like a little shop," and so yeah. Perry said, "I can sort that out." Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, that's what you get when it's an unofficial show, folks. Unfortunately, Cybob is not with us today, so um, this does not have the Cybob seal of approval. Um, but we will muddle on, and um, it does explain the intro and everything that's helped, happened subsequently, and the yelling from my family in the back room. Um, but yeah, it uh, should be a fantastic show. <laughs> I, 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 should I do a typing monkey? In it? Yeah. Go, typing monkey, go. Go and fetch the donuts. Um, yeah, so um, basically, it's it's all pretty much news. It's just us getting caught up on on what's been going on out there, but in a very kind of random and informal way. Hopefully, like the beginning, the the pre-show is, but recorded. <laughs> That's what we do all of our best work, unfortunately, folks. But um, yeah, to 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 bring us up to speed, award style, Mr. Dave Cooper. Well, I was going to start with because um, you tell me oh, practiced in real Wait, stuff. why do we why do we have these you know um, daily planning meetings if we're not going to stick to the script? Well, only I turn up to those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you well, should know what's just, going on, right? I, I do. Yeah. Um, no, what it is is that uh, because there is here's Dave with something completely different. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of sad news. Now, I always feel that we should get the sad news out of the way. And then we follow with the sad people, i.e. yourself. So th th that's my reasoning behind it. Um, yeah, um, just want to catch up because obviously we've been covering the, uh, the the last series of Doctor Who recently. We've tried to stay on Dalek with those and we've, we, we've sort of uh, tried to hold off doing news. But unfortunately, uh, life goes on. Uh, and other events happen. So I'm just going to just check a couple of things from .whonews.net site, uh, one of our go-to sites, and we thank them for all the work that they do there. And we in no way 
want to discourage people from actually going directly to the source itself and checking out the the content they've got there they've also got uh, events releases competition re reviews guides uh, searches um, the story of doctor who alongside the latest news so uh, to get the uh, the sadder news out of the way um graham curry and uh, has passed away from uh, born in 1957 and he um he will know he's died at the age of 61 um for the happiness patrol which i think ian had a soft spot for so he wrote the 1988 doctor story the happiness patrol with sylvester mccoy as the doctor and sophie aldred as ace uh, the story also features sheila hancock as helen a uh, a character now acknowledged to be based on the then Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. And the story is unique in Doctor Who stories for being mentioned in the Archbishop of Canterbury's Easter sermon when Dr. Rowan Williams referenced the story in his 2011 message. So the Habitus Patrol was first televised, uh, te the first television commission for Graham after he uh, pitched the idea to the script editor who was Andrew Cartmel at the time. Uh, it was about a planet where it was a crime to be unhappy. And then he went to write on for EastEnders, where it was a crime to be happy. <laughs> and the bill, where it was, uh, it was crime well, to be... Well, there was just about uh, crime. <laughs> it was about crime, yeah. And Radio 4 Citizens, where it was about being a good citizen, I suppose. There you go. And so uh, always sad news. 61, that's uh, yeah. no age at all. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting episode that I always find because yeah, you know it's that back end of the of uh, the McCoy era where things are kind of changing. Doctor Who is trying to do something during the McCoy era. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it's it. If you just think of it like something's mutating, you know, the show is getting to this point where it would have to do something and it didn't, and it's all over. And in, in, in kind of weird pustules that keep popping out. And Happiness Patrol is one of those kind of, it's this weirdly atmospheric, you know, there's the whole harmonica and the howling noises and there's the the, the shocking pink against this kind of, yeah. It's, it, you know, it, it, I, I just find it representative of a, of a kind of a, an interesting part of the, the history of the show. And, you know, I, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't know why, because that's the only episode he ever wrote, right? That's right. So I'm thinking they, they were going for something, you know, and, and that's what they ended up with. Yeah, it's it's the only time I think you ever see somebody painting the TARDIS until the new series. Right. I don't know whether yeah, the mic has any... Yeah, yeah, I don't think you ever saw it get, it, get painted on screen prior to that like the doctor never touched it up or anything right uh, and of course it's infamous from a lot of fans who see it because of the um the the creature in it um Beefy. which seems to be based on the uh the bassett uh, oh no yeah um, yeah the um candy man candy man candy yeah. but fifi i thought back then i thought fifi was quite impressive for doctor who you know, as far as like, you know, this puppet essentially an animatronic, you know, um, again, it's, it was the, the show was trying to do different stuff with effects and, and, 
you know, raise their game a little, I think. And I think they did, you know what I mean? Um, the tech traps, I thought, were really impressive at the time, too. But, yeah, the same kind of error of, you know, them actually, rather than reusing old props for new monsters, they created some new stuff. Anyway, I digress. Carry on. Um, I, I, well, I know, I know uh, Darth's not that particular fond of the uh, Sylvester McCoy era, but I don't know whether uh, Mike has any thoughts on it. I can't really think of much to add on this topic. Fair enough, yeah. Okay, uh, and I'll assume that Darth would have jumped in there if he had so wished. Um, so, oh, um, yeah, there were there were a couple of points he probably would have jumped in if he was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I did brace myself just a little, but... <laughs> right. Let's not speak ill of the dead, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I was like, was nope, no, we didn't say anything. I didn't take that as an agreement. I just took that as you were being very polite. Very succinct, yes, to the point. Um, <laughs> let's go back to .whonews.net. Um, other, other general pieces of information come out. The BBC Radiophonic Music album has been re-released again. Uh, that's the 1968, funnily enough, from the same year as uh, the Happiness Patrol itself, I think. Was that, or was that 88? Uh, let me just correct my, yeah, it was 88 and the and the, um, the actual Radiophonic came out 68. So um, that is being released on a, on a various formats, uh, digital and vinyl uh, by Silver Screen. Um, this, Sorry, do um, you mean 86? That's 68. It originally came out in 68. I, yeah, the actual radiophonic one, yeah. That's what it says here. Uh, the 1968 okay. album of the radiophonics. Yeah. And I'll put that. Uh, helps if we uh, make use of the chat room, doesn't it, a little bit. Here on the new torch, you have a nice little chat room. It makes sense to make use of it. So um, the... the those are the main things, really. There's quite a lot of things um, that that we could uh, we could mention. John Levine's autobiography being released, and funnily enough, I think he was in London uh, just this last weekend. Now this weekend, that's just will have finished now. Um, he, I think I saw Jenny Shirt uh, putting up some pictures of uh, the event there. And there's quite a lot of uh, uh, people at this London. Uh, event. So he's obviously there, there promoting is a, his autobiography. Yeah, yeah, there's another book that came out, and I think it was last month, is um, Doctor Who and the Scratchman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Baker and, uh, Tom Baker and Martyr. I guess, found the script. No, he wrote it. He co-wrote it with Ian Martyr. I know, but I mean, I, I thought it had become lost at some point, oh. and he did did not have access to it i thought like one of the interviews when they were talking to him about it or maybe he was being funny i don't know because he's like oh, i wonder if we'll ever find that or something you know but maybe it was already known he had it and was going to publish it i have some friends who have actually bought it and started reading it but i don't know of any reviews yet right so uh -huh. to people who were not 
familiar with this. Uh, this was a mm. scratch. Oh, yes. it, was, it was a story that that Tom Baker and Ian Barter were working on back when back when they were back when Tom was a doctor and back when Ian was playing Harry Sullivan back in the beginning of the Tom Baker era, they were working on their own script. And the whole idea of it would be uh, basically the, the doctor meeting meeting the devil, uh, meeting what, are time what would the Time Lords be afraid of? And of course, nothing became of it uh, until now. It's been published in book form, and uh, Tom Baker wrote the uh, novelization, and he also recorded the audiobook version. So there you go. Ah. And, uh, and it's... You know, got five stars on Amazon, but it's only 19 reviews, so. Um, yeah, and I was just sorry. I was just... uh, Audio-related Doctor Who news that to go over <laughs> some, in, in the month since we've really gone over a lot of minutiae for Doctor Who news. There was the, uh, it was back in December or January, where maybe even November, as far back as November, when a cache of higher quality audio recordings of of lost stories were found, some stories that we actually have, but a lot of Patrick Troughton and uh, late William Hartnell stories. That somebody had had a collection of high qual higher quality recordings, higher quality than what what already exists. You know the the off the air re recordings. So right. a lot of those have been. Uh, it's funny that because one of those is is was for Power of the Daleks I, and maybe even Macro Terror. But the, the point is that they found that, that they found the, and released those shortly after the DVD uh, of, well, I say shortly after the DVD animated restoration of Power of the Daleks. And so and now they have a higher quality audio sample to work off of. Yeah. So there, uh, the other cool. audio thing is, uh, I think it, uh, I, I forget the name. I'm I'm looking it up now. But uh, there's an audio release of a vinyl uh, a vinyl record release of the audio side of uh, the Daleks Master Plan. So all 12 episodes of that, the the audio hmm. of those, they're being released on on vinyl. And I'm yeah here I, here we are. I found it. It's a uh, being released by by uh, on vinyl. Uh, it's being released by. I'm scanning through. I had the name here. The the company that's that's releasing it. Uh, no, I don't see it. Uh, but it's being it's being released by the uh, the narrated narrated full cast TV soundtrack adventure starring William Hartnell as the first Doctor against the Daleks will be released. Okay, so it was released last month, so 15th of February. So about two or three weeks ago, it was released by Demon Music Group. Okay, that's the name I was looking for. As a 12 what 12 record set. And it uh, looks pretty cool if you can get, get your hands on it. It's a, oh, sorry, 7LP, 12-inch uh, record set collection. Hmm. There you go. All right. Uh, and I think speaking that... Of, well, speaking of geek stuff on vinyl, uh, this one will be uh, of interest to you, David. Uh, mm -hmm. Buffy nerds have something to sing about. The Once More With Feeling cast recording is to be released on vinyl. Even if you've never seen the episode of you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in your life, you'll likely have heard devoted fans praise the musical episode once more with feeling. 18 years later, it's still one of the most heralded episodes of the classic series with its own uh, dedicated following. Come March 20th, fans can finally have every gorgeously cringeworthy note in their possession. First time ever, the original cast recording will be released on vinyl. 
uh, record label Mondo will distribute the record with new artwork by Pan, uh, Paul Mann and fresh liner notes from creator Joss Whedon. So there you go, Dave. Oh, right. Uh, well, that's good because uh, quite a lot of the cast were, um, uh, you know, were singers, uh, uh, right. not necessarily major singers, but they were, they were singers, everything from the guy who played the librarian to um, 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 uh, Willow's love interest uh, girl, and quite a few of them could sing. So it was... Um, it was a true it, fan, it was, by the way, folks, a true fan, the librarian guy in Willow's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, all right, uh, Anthony Head, uh, who played the uh, the librarian, of course, who played the headmaster on on Doctor Who, and um, I'm trying to remember the name of um, the girl who played um, oh Willow's partner and girlfriend, who uh, Benson, um, uh, somebody Benson, the actress, uh, who was a fantastic. Uh, I think I got that far. Yeah, oh, it was an excellent. And Sarah Michelle, Gallo, I, I, I mean, she was, I think she was trained to sing the one or two songs that she had rather than was a, a good singer, but she was coached enough so that, you know, it didn't jar and it was it was reasonably well done. Uh, so I think, no, I, think I really think that the musical episode of Buffy. Amber Benson. Amber I mean, Benson. What, right. Um, even though. There is, you know, there have been shows that have done musical episodes over the, you know, years way back, but I think Buffy is the first time it got latched onto as a, as a major geek thing. I think that's where it kind of gets its like. Now everybody's like, oh, we need to have a, a musical episode of this. I don't think you really had that kind of cry out prior to that. It didn't become a, you know, having a musical episode didn't become such a, you know, a geek kind of thing. But anyway, well, I yeah, well, they also had an episode where nobody talked as well, um, and also it's it's apropos because there is um, a relaunch. I think they're trying to get it relaunched, aren't they? But um, hey, Dave, yeah, it was Alan, can, can, can we can we have an episode like that? Where you don't say anything. Oh, I thought you meant when we sing. I've got a feeling, such a feeling. No, no, you just don't say anything for the the entire show. Uh, Seth Green, of course. Uh, Seth Green, who uh, has gone on to do great things. Um, he was a good singer. J James Marlson, uh, Emma Caulfield, Michelle Trackenberg, Amber Benson. Those uh, are all, all pretty good singers. Mm. Um, uh, Anthony Head, of course. Uh, yeah, so it's good. Um, talking about musicals like that, it's nothing to do with this, but... Um, I think in London at the moment, um, the Only Fools and Horses has got a musical on stage. Yeah, here. I saw that. I was <laughs> like, what? Uh, a musical of Only Fools and Horses? I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of waiting for Darth to in on this one. <sighs> it's amazing no. what fandom will do, though. I mean, in Manchester at the moment, there's a bit of a, a to-do one because... Uh, um, there's um, a fantastic TV series called Peaky Blindness, which is about this Birmingham right. gang uh, from the 30s. They used to wear these flat hats with peaks in them, and they used to right. hide a razor blade in that, and that was their weapon. They'd slice people 
on the neck uh, or something. They, they were real so and so's. That's that's how they got the nickname. Well, in Manchester, oh, okay. a new bar's opened, but they've themed it on uh, Peaky Blinders. But they're now getting. Oh. Um, um, they didn't. The they didn't get. Um, well, they thought they were doing it in a generic style that didn't need permission. So there's a bit of an argy right. argy going on about that. So. Well, it's one of those things because it's like um, I know there was some uh, fracas over uh, Universal. Basically, have opened a basically Charlie and the Chocolate fan Factory, um, and it's called Toothsome. But there was a whole big fight about that, and also another guy who had a an idea for a candy restaurant. You know, it's just <laughs> like you know. I guess the point where it's just like. Eh. You know, yeah, where the inspiration comes from. You know. Well, I think with this, it wasn't the fact they had just pictures of the stars and they had um, like screen printed on, so the like almost like the wallpaper was giant backdrops of the street and things like that. So, um, I mean, I'm not I'm not making a decision either way, obviously, but uh, it, it shows you that you know you. You, a lot of things you can you can do and nobody picks up on it and then if right. somebody just feels as though maybe it's because they're doing a new project because uh, there is a new series of Peaky Blinders about to start and I just saw since we're doing all random stuff at the moment um, Poldark which uh, I, I think is cult TV it's not science fiction but it's uh, fantastic drama TV um, that's uh, just started refilming its fifth and final series of that and that is an absolute fantastic uh, series with Siram Siram Murphy. I think that's how you pronounce his first name. Um, he was um, he's done quite a few things. He was in the um, the uh, the big war film just recently. The uh, the one where they landed on the beaches. I can't remember the was it was it was it called? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. It was normal. I can't remember if it's called Normandy Landers or whatever. He was he was uh, in that, but he's an absolutely fantastic actor. And my cousin Carolyn, she's listening. She's over in India at the moment, so she won't be listening yet. Uh, she thinks he's absolutely the dog's dinner, you know. And I'm using that expression carefully: dog's dinner, and not another dog's uh, attribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did we get here? How did you get here? <laughs> well, it's what you do when you have a script in. We go to the lowest places. <laughs> oh no, I'm 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 not low. I'm I'm quite high. I am quite definitely high. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, last thing from DotWhoNews.net then is um, the Rosa, um, the series that many of us thought was one of the standout ones. Well, I believe Darth uh, preferred the uh, the one in set in India and the Punjab one, but um, yep. uh, it wins a Visionary Arts Award. Uh, Doctor Who episode, uh, Rose has been awarded the Visionary Arts Organisation Award for Television Show of the Year uh, to celebrate culture, media and entertainment that have made a positive social impact via film, television, music, theatre, literature, radio online and grassroots community. And that was the third episode in the, uh, the series that we've just watched. Episode was written by... Uh, looks how you play. Looks like Marjorie, but it's not. It's Mara. M A L O R I E Blackham and Chris Chibnall. 
and uh, it's won quite a lot of plaudits for its transmission last October and the writers were there to accept the award uh, at the BAFTA that were held in London uh, not too long ago and that was posted on the 9th of February um, 2019. So unless anybody else has any Doctor Who related uh, news do we step away is from is it is it too late to uh have sad news no uh we, we can't just because actually one of the things by the way on the baftas and i don't know the Darth watches those but um there are a couple of bad emissions on the in memoriam memoriam thing that they do um some uh, person had just died about two days before, and they were missed off, and someone else. I'll see if I can find that out while you're talking. Okay. Well, um, my sad news is uh, on Friday, um, I was on Twitter uh, and I received a tweet, not personal tweet, of course, but I saw a tweet uh, from Alyssa Milano uh, letting us know, well, letting people know that uh, Catherine Hellman had passed away and i think for for most people it's 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 soap uh for me it's it's definitely who's the boss um because i had a thing for Alyssa milano um but that's where i was introduced to her and then of course i you know i think soap was on way too late in new zealand i remember it being on at like 11 o'clock at night or something uh, yeah. um but yes and she was also in uh uh in brazil but yes she passed away uh on friday it was 89. she was fantastic as mona and and who's the boss i gotta say right yeah. um yeah i just read in text there uh, oscar winning producer arnold copelson uh, uh, actress and broadway star uh, carol channing and prolific actor Dick Miller were, no, oh, it says other notable omissions. I think Stanley Doan heads the list of omissions uh, from in memorandum. Mm. Um, and uh, he was the director of uh, classics like Singing in the Rain. Um, so he was uh, really, um, a, a, yeah, well, was, I mean, was... they're all on but yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the interesting thing for me, um, because when the news went out, I think it was, it was, a, was it, I think it was, it was, I think it was Saturday, actually. It was last Saturday, um, and I was on my way to uh, our performance of Singing in the Rain when we found out, and so that was... Kind of, kind of, kind of an odd position to be in. It's just like, don't know the guy, uh, know of, you know, his work, uh, but to be kind of uh, in his work at the time, uh, because for those of you who don't know, um, Singing in the Rain is a movie first, um, and then became the musical. Um, you know, at that time, a lot of musicals were being you know converted onto um onto film you know they were making you know musicals uh you know big motion pictures out of them and so this was kind of a, an odd one where it went the other way and 
so yeah it would just it was just kind of odd because you know you find yourself in theater uh you've got to recreate uh certain aspects of how production is you can change some blocking here and there and that and you've got to move wherever the set is but in something like this where you're you're reproducing this you know static work it never changes um there are certain things you have to uh, pay homage to and 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 try and pull off you know one is a guy singing in the rain and uh we even had the lamppost that he'd uh, jump up on and yeah it's you know those kind of things that and so it was odd to be kind of in the middle of his work you know because you know this wasn't a you know um a, a writer's production you know if somebody didn't dream up and, and put it he kind of in the production of the movie worked with these images and to get it to look a certain way uh and then they yeah. interpret that for the stage you know whereas just a written script can be open to interpretation you know this is you've got to model you know certain things on the stage as they were on the screen so yeah uh, here in the uk i mean you have dancing in the stars in america but it's it's strictly come dancing in the uk mm. and not this the series that's just ended the end of 2018 but the the year prior one of the guys did a reconstruction well he actually veered up because they didn't follow it exactly strictly because that wouldn't have right. shown him do, but they did a fantastic job but just a quick name of some of these uh, things uh, singing in the rain seven brides seven brothers funny mm -hmm. face uh, charade um, you know th th those are the ones that stand out to me mm. and I put again in the link and by the way anybody who listens to this later you may be listening uh, on one of many podcast directories but if you actually come to Torchue and put in 54821 and go to the page and then open an individual episode in its own streaming page you can see all the text chat uh, and links that we put in the room during the live show so um but yeah um i mean he had passed away on the 21st of february and then there were the other ones that i mentioned okay um i think um we ought to just uh, cover a little bit about the oscars now because in a way that sort of segues fairly well into the oscars ian okay all right. Um, well, I put in a link again from the BBC News uh, uh, 2019 uh, Wednesday Fall. Now, when we've done this and it's coincided that we've done this sort of uh, the sort of Sunday directly following these things, uh, we, we have sometimes gone into them with some depth. Although I, I found to my uh, chagrin and uh, surprise that a lot of people are are less interested now in the Oscars, although I would think some of it's because they've shot themselves in the foot. Uh, there was an awful lot of uh, issues this year about, um, you know, who was going to present it, and then the presenter uh, had some issues where he decided to, uh, um, thank you, Ian, uh, where he decided to um, step down, and then they went with this idea of, um, having uh, no presenters with the people presenting the prizes doing the actual links. We also had um, 
a thing that because the Oscars can take up to three and a half, four hours uh, to get the presentations, that they were going to present, and this is not my minor, but in quotes, minor uh, technical awards were going to be presented and continue through when the actual broadcast broke away from the live show to the adverts. Now that would mean in a in a a four or five minute advert break, they would probably present three or four technical uh, prizes, and there was an absolute uproar about that. Not just from the technical side of uh, uh, the academy, but from uh, others who felt as though that was denigrating those awards as as being somehow secondary and uh, and minor awards. Now I do know that they they do do technical ones, and and in past Oscars they've always sometimes as the credits are rolling they would also say also presented tonight was this for that and this for this and this for that, but. But um, it certainly caused a little bit of controversy and um, and also they made it very brief in terms of the time that the people were allowed to talk. I'd have no chance on there because I'd have been cut short already. But um, Olivia Coleman uh, apparently did uh, uh, blew a raspberry when they tried to get her to finish. But um, let me just go through some of the major ones and then uh, if uh, people want to actually, hey, I've got blooming thing clicking all over the place. Uh, sorry about that if you're hearing audio things. It's Ian telling me he's off to make coffee, I think. But there we go. Um, uh, best picture. Um, the um, the ones that were nominated were uh, uh, Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favourite, Roma, A Star is Born, Vice and Green Book. And the winner indeed was Green Book. Remember now, on some of these, they can go up to 10 pictures in the category. Uh, Best Actress uh, was between uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Lady Gaga, A Star Is Born. Um, I can't pronounce the name, Yalatilza Aparico. I apologise for Roma, Then Close the Wife. Uh, and the winner was for the favourite, Olivia Coleman, and um, I must say that uh, a lot of these films I, I haven't seen, but I have watched Roma on Netflix, and it, it, it made history as being, I think, the first uh, non-film uh, show uh, that sort of didn't debut in the cinemas that was nominated in the main category. Um, um, so that was uh, quite a surprise, but I, I must admit I found it although visually very stunning, it was done in black and white, um, it, it didn't seem to be uh, to hold my interest when I watched it on Netflix. Best Actor uh, uh, was uh, between Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, uh, William Defoe at, and it's at Eternity's Gate, um, uh, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. And uh, Rami Malik uh, won it for his portrayal uh, of the uh, lead singer of Queen. And uh, from what I've seen, it, it, it seems to have been a spot on, a pitch perfect um, um, viewing of him. And they went to considerable lengths because one of the, um, the sellout concerts they did, at least seven minutes of their set was um, 
faithfully reproduced. And apparently they cut a couple of the songs for the film for length, but you can actually go somewhere on YouTube or iTunes and listen to the whole set that they performed in front of a live audience with the missing songs out of that. And I should just say, by the way, with that, with Bradley Cooper and um, I think, um, yes, Lady Gaga, uh, they were both considered possible favourites. Uh, I think Lady Gaga was certainly surprised when uh, her name wasn't called out, but she supported and clapped the winner nonetheless. Best Supporting Actress, um, uh, Rachel Weiss, the favourite, Emma Stone, the favourite. They were along with Olivia Coleman, of course. They were a threesome there in that um, I'm not quite sure how you describe it because it was historical, but I think anybody who was thinking they were going to see an historical film would have probably rather shocked at the uh, the nature and the attitude and the actual conversations on that. I've seen a few clips of it, and it obviously is not in that case. Somebody who's been making very uh, big strides in uh, movies in the last five or six years, maybe eight years, Amy Adams. I first saw her on Smallville, I think, playing a, uh, a villain who who had a tremendous appetite. And uh, from then on, I kept seeing her pop up more and more in more prominent roles. And then um, Regina King, if Beale Street could talk, and she indeed ended up being the winner of that. Um, best Supporting Actor. I'm assuming that Darth or anybody will jump in if they, they want to make uh, make any comments on this. Um, but I won't go through all oh, of them. I'll just... Sorry, I thought you were just reading them off. I didn't realize. I was waiting for you to take a breath, to be honest. Um, oh, well, let me take a breath. Let me take a breath I mean, at this point. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think, I think overall, just to give some general things since we've already gone by so many categories, I think one of the problems here with getting excited about this Oscar ceremony is not only the sort of destruction of the format because of the sort of implosion of the um, the, the search for a host. And right. so when, when you say it doesn't even need a host, then uh, to me, it's like, well, you're, you're really exposing some of the uh, flaws in the program as a whole. And so I think that immediately is one thing that this particular Oscar event will be remembered for is kind of if people don't care enough to try to host it, what are we doing? You know, you back in the day, it used to be a thing where you tried. And yeah, Billy Crystal, people, fantastic. But even before that, you know, Bob Hope, I don't know how long he'd been for. Um, it, it was a thing of honor, right? Hmm. And, and to now turn it into something that people don't even want to try to do and to do this sort of anti-host thing, I, I think it sets a very dangerous precedent, especially in a year where... To be honest, the films were pretty weak. Um, right. Uh, just, I mean, I'm sorry, but there is no way that Green Book deserves to be best picture. It's one of the weakest choices I think the Academy has ever made. And out of all those, and I don't say this as somebody who sort of enjoys the genre or anything, I think they should have gone with Black Panther. And that yeah, would have been at least great. a little bit popular in a telecast that wasn't popular, you know, and that was sort of almost determined to show the irrelevancy of the Oscars. 
the thing about Black Panther is at least it shows innovation in that particular genre. Whereas Green Book is the antithesis of innovation. It's in fact sort of a movie about racial divide that should have been made in the 70s. It's like Norman Lear obvious attack on that particular problem, you know, right. which was great back in the 70s, don't get me wrong, but doesn't really stand the test of time today. And I just, I just think it's a bizarrely out-of-touch film. Yeah, didn't Black Panther get a slight, I think, a loss because they were going to introduce a new category of popular film category? Well, I think that's um, dumb too. I think that's I know it's dumb, another but, idea that but I think, ridiculous. But you're right. Is, I think there was some plan about that. But then, that, Black, then Black that, Panther would have been the obvious shoe in for that, and yes, therefore it got know, pulled back into this category. But uh, there were so many things that went. That, but, they mean, try you know, even even Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I mean even Bohemian Rhapsody to nominate in the film uh, in best film category is ridiculous. It's just flatly ridiculous. Bohemian Rhapsody is not really a film. <laughs> not in the classical sense. Not not uh, like when well, you take for instance Amadeus. Let's take Amadeus as another film that's in the same genre. After all, it's about a musician. It's just as historical. Right. Um, well, and you I've, look at the nature of the plot in Amadeus versus the nature of the plot in Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's just like, come on. I mean, come on. Just, there's no comparison. Bohemian Rhapsody is a study in how to make an extended music video about a historical musical group. Well, right. That's I fine. Think that, That's interesting, but it's not best film. Well, what I think is Bohemian Rhapsody was a showcase for that one actor. The same way that sure. Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman, for Winston, did a yeah, for Winston did a showcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The film wasn't yeah. particularly good, but he had a showcase. Yeah. Yep. George it's the kind of it's the kind of film that you buy when it goes on sale because you want to see the Live Aid concert at the end over and over again, which is fine. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with right. that. That's a good way to make money, right. but that is not what you honor as a potential best film. It's just not. Uh, and, you know, sort of going forward with the other thing, you know, Olivia Coleman, I mean, I'm no offense to her. I'm really kind of over her. Uh -huh. oh, she's been um, on too, well, she's been uh, on too much. Recently. I know. She's got, there, are reason, there are reasons why she is revered. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I am done. And I don't think that was her best shot. I mean. The Night Porter was the last thing I saw in that. I thought she was great. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that absolutely Lady Gaga should have gotten that. You know, uh, and I she just looked, think that was a sign. I uh, think they yeah. were just trying to, you know, by not honoring um, Black Panther, by not honoring Star is Born, the Academy has once again set itself in opposition to popularity. Now, there have been times in the 21st century where they have occasionally, I think, done the right thing and said, you know what? A popular film can be a good film. Uh, what about this Glenn year, Close? I, this year, profoundly this year, they were trying to, I, I, I don't know what they were trying to, it, it, is, it is like there is something fundamentally wrong with the composition of the people who are allowed to vote. They are not with the times. They just aren't. And this, 
this Oscars sort of just revealed that as a truth. Glenn Close has been the, the most nominated person who's never won. And there was an awful lot of a, a drive that we were hearing here in the UK anyway. That, Maybe, but, but that would have been, I think, giving it to her for, the for her would have body been equivalent to giving it to her body Newman yeah, for the color, the color of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would have been more of a obvious, this is a reward for your life yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Rather yeah. than, hey, this is truly a great thing. That's the difficulty with for, with these award shows and and awards in general, is the bigger they get and the more attention they get, the more you're wondering, just like politics, who's behind this? Who are mm. these people who are voting? Mm-hmm. And did they really see the film? Mm. You know, I mean, I don't know what goes on, like what their whole vetting process is or whatever. But, and then of course there's the general public who of course votes with you know we we tend to follow each other around you know or critics around mm-hmm. like like sheep generally the general populace does you know if mm-hmm. somebody says it's good they'll go if they say it's bad they won't you know and so what's you know i always think they need to go back to posting the results on a bulletin board somewhere and that's well, the award ceremony you know the, well, like, Olivia get, Coleman. Get rid of all your acceptance speeches, and right. so that nobody's being seen getting the award or heard getting the award or anything. It's just we think this was really good. Here, have an award. Well, they've uh, done that, haven't they? In a way, because they don't say the winner is now; they say the award goes to. So they were going hmm. on. But Olivia Coleman also won the Razzie for best uh, worst actress for the same part the same performance mm. right. Yeah. right well that's what i'm saying is that fundamentally the, the the pool of candidates was unusually weak this time around unusually weak. yeah and i but don't I'm really a... understand why because it's not like the films of 2018 were really that weak but the choices that they made here were just crazy bad i think yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the Black Kinsman, but I mean, it's Spike Lee one, that isn't it? Spike Lee movie. It is, and you know, I mean, it's not his best work either. I mean, that's the whole thing. Right. You got a lot of people who are nominated here who historically have a good body of work, but I don't think that any of this was really their best work. And and you think oh. about other things that that happened this year, the way you could have really recognized some new talent like uh what's that film eighth grade like that was a good film from a relatively fresh voice uh and using an actor who was you know this is her first uh major role i think it may be even her first role and you could have had a situation where like i forget what year it was where uh, what the pianist wasn't there a, who was it that was, there was some, some somebody who is now more famous? I forget who's in the pianist, but uh, she was just a little girl and she was nominated. Oh, no, or like the, a, the, Jodie Foster was the piano, was, you mean? Yeah, the piano. Yes, I did. And a Paquin. And a Paquin, yeah. Like it could have been a year like that. And I think it went that was the same been, school. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been just, fine and interesting and, and relevant. You know, intermediate, but, by the way. We went to the same school. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, cool. 
Uh, but you know, but to, yeah, but to, just but just shoehorning it in there. To come up and, and give a, an award to, uh, you know, Ronnie Malik for essentially best use of prosthetic teeth. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I, I, I am, I am reminded of it's sort of a tradition in the Oscars of kind of rewarding people like Ben Kingsley or. Uh, I guess didn't did Oldman win that for Winston Churchill? I can't remember, but at least he got a nomination. Yeah, rewarding people you. for he did win it, I think, for for recreating real life people. I mean, it is a skill. I don't want to say it's not a skill, but I personally don't think it is as good a skill as creating a brand new character. It is still a mystery of the most profound depths to me. That, for instance, Jeff Bridges did not get an Oscar for The Big Lebowski. I mean, it just it, it blows my mind because that is an original character. And he created something that anybody who goes to the cinema on a regular basis in the 21st century knows about and can instantly recall from just the slight, from one word, the word Caucasian. You know, they're like, oh, uh, Jeff Bridges, he's, that's what he drinks. Um, I, it just, it just, I, I think that there is much more skill in either creating a character who is so far removed in the past that you are basically doing something new as uh, Holtz did with Amadeus. You know, we don't know what Amadeus was really like. So therefore, you know, it's a blank slate. So let's see what he does. That's great. Um, and, and, and either doing that or just here is a brand new character nobody's ever heard of and let's see what you do with that or maybe the case of uh i don't know uh downey like i think downey for creating the film character of tony stark in a way mm -hmm. that is actually i think materially different or not prescribed exactly by the source material. I think that's right. a trick. That is a real thing. And and not only that, but let's look at what happened because of him. You get the second movie, you get the third movie, you get the Avengers, you get the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe because oh, he created yeah. something that was good and intriguing and that took a mid-level character in mm. Marvel books and made him number one, made him the... Superman of that universe. That's crazy good. That's everything to do with Robert Downey Jr. Everything. And mm -hmm. that is an Oscar worthy, at least a nomination worthy kind of thing to do. And I just don't see anything like that in these nominees. And I really don't, I'm not feeling the Ronnie Malik thing at all. Uh, so, I mean, to slightly, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying. But also, I mean, yeah. I haven't seen his performance, so and so I'd be interested to see what it's like. But it is incredibly difficult to to uh, represent such a uh, a well known entity. You know, it's like God forbid yeah. the guy who ever has to play Bowie. Uh, God forbid the guy who has to have, ever has to play yeah. you know Trump. Um, you know, it's, I'm not saying you're wrong because you're right, yeah. but also it's, 
it's it's a difficult thing he did but yeah yeah it's difficult i'm not i I don't yeah i i don't want to i don't want to say that therefore he's not a good actor that's not what i'm saying no no. No. oh i know but but rather to me the harder trick is creating something that doesn't exist because then it's entirely about your imagination and whatever response you give to the uh uh script you know right so i don't know uh but it's not like you know i mean maybe willem dafoe maybe should have gotten this i don't know but i mean i really think probably you see even the difficulty with the star is born why it's in a difficult position this year is it's a remake right and i'm not saying that remakes can't win but even it is not really original even though you know it is substantially different than the streisand movie um but it's still not still not completely original you still you still get it's still using broad archetypes you know right it's it's not like you know a a, uh jeff bridges performance where you are really literally there's nobody like this person nobody right out there to draw from i I still have to see that movie oh my god it's my sister-in-law's favorite movie but we have still it, megan and i have still never seen it i mean if you appreciate acting and you do mm-hmm. it, it is from top to bottom one of the most mind-blowing experiences that you will ever have i mean oh, it's no, just I'm a pretty good one right mm-hmm. now but <laughs> Well, Sorry. there you go. But I mean, no, nobody, nobody in it is doing anything that you've seen or that you expect, or right. uh, even even to an extent. And this is going to sound crazy. Maybe maybe not that crazy because he is actually a better actor than most people give him credit for. But I think John Goodman doesn't even feel like John Goodman right. in that film, uh, which is something. Yeah. It is something to sit with that character and think this is not well it's sort of is like dan connor sort of but not not really anyway that's my thing i don't think that there was anything original in this year's oscar crop to write home about sorry go ahead the the the, uh the the thing is i couldn't tell you why we haven't seen it because i couldn't tell you it's it's not like oh i hate that movie that i've never seen it's not one of those situations just the opportunity—it's just there for you know. And even though everybody's like, I mean, I know stuff about the movie that doesn't even make sense, but it makes sense to everybody. You know, it's like right. I see the memes and everything. I see all that happening, but I'm just kind of like, okay, I know that's from Big Lebowski, but I don't know what you know. So I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you why I think it is that you've never seen this movie, and it's because you're a father. And I think that it's one of those rare cases where, okay, there is some profane language in the film, but the main thing is it is mature subject matter that would bore kids, but which adults are like, oh, that's funny. That's really clever stuff that's going on. But I think that kids would be just like, "Eh, I don't get what's going on here. And they would then break the the mood of the room because they'd probably right. fidget around, say things or whatever, and then you lose your way, and then you'd be not getting it because you got to kind of stick in there, and you got to follow what's going on. Uh, but 
I mean, that it's, explains it's the rest sweet. of my life. I don't understand why I didn't see it when it came out. Oh, well, there's that. Was, yeah, because it was a long time ago. Liam yeah, was yeah. born in 90, at the end of 99. Uh, mm. And uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why originally I didn't. It's just, you know, and then since then, it's just like, there's never any time. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the parenting thing right there. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. still have that. I mean, we've got an eight-year-old, and it's still kind of like, we'll just wait till he goes to bed, and we'll turn that on then. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's also one of those things that now has been so, uh, has entered, like, cult status right that fathom i think occasionally runs theatrical performance of it if that yeah. ever happens you should go to it theatrically because it is a film that is enjoyed in the context of other people to be sure right they did um, it fairly recently because i told megan i said just because she had a um she had an argument with her sister or something like that and i said and they were trying to make up and i said why don't you take her to this? When she, she says, I have never seen it. I said, that can be your thing. You two of you can go, you never did it, but you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I might set myself that task by this, but by, by the next show, maybe I'll have a review. Mm. Do you know what? I don't even know what it's about. I don't want you I, to tell me. But I, 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 I couldn't I, tell you. That's one of the most glorious things I think okay. will come out of it. You'll still be like, it's this homeless guy that, comes into this family it's about it's about character development it's a it really is a a character piece more than anything there there is a plot i don't want to say there's not right but it's it is a very slice of life thing which is why i think it's perfect okay. for yeah. demonstrating an actor's ability right yeah but anyway uh, yes getting back we're to digressing this again thing. but the, yeah this a is what the pre show is like bit. folks i know <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I, I, I put I put the a link in the room there. Yeah. The Oscars, right? Yeah. 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 Um, com. What are some of the greatest acting performances not to win an Oscar and why? Uh, and yeah. uh, that's a real interesting page, all the way from Russell Crowe uh -huh. in Beautiful Mind and uh, Daniel Day Lewis in Dance of New York, Christian Bale, American Psycho. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tons of tons of them. Jochen Felix in the Master. I don't know that one. Edward. I mean, Norton I guess I'm not. I'm not so true. mad necessarily when, you know, actors don't win for what I think is their best performance. That's not really what I think is going on in this particular year. I just think this year, like, the wrong people were chosen. Just fundamentally. <laughs> There's just nothing here. There's no there there. It's all like, how did these names even, it's like they randomly chose these people out of a hat instead of saying, okay, this is a good performance. This is a good performance. You know, like Dustin Hoffman is one. I think he's one of, he's got a, he has to have won an Academy Award. I don't know what it is. Mid Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Family. Midnight yeah. and, and, and that's fine because at that time, that was probably the best thing, maybe, you know, that he had done. You could argue that. But for him not to win for Tootsie, to me, is a tragedy because that's his best performance, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you know, Paul Newman for *Color Money*, famously, there are definitely others that he should have won for. Um, and so, it's, you know, you get used to people because you've only got whatever five or six slots. So mm. obviously, people are not going to win for necessarily what is their their best thing. It's more just 
honestly, there's just nothing here. It's the most uninteresting list I think I've ever seen. The, uh, the other thing too is 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 I I can remember it used to be kind of event TV. You know, yeah, at least around yeah. our house. You know, mm, you get popcorn yeah. or whatever, and you'd yeah. sit there and you'd watch it, and you know, you know, maybe maybe you'd be allowed some coke, uh, not not the drinking kind. Uh, it wasn't that kind mm-hmm. of house. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was that time you got to see uh, all the people that you knew from the movies, like in their mm-hmm. regular clothes, even though they weren't regular clothes, you know. But it's like yeah, it's that yeah. opportunity to see not the in stars. costumes, yeah, mm-hmm. not in costume, not in character, and getting an award and and right. saying something in their own voice. You know, that right. was the kind of beauty of it. But then yeah. it's like you get then they were putting acts in there, and then they were putting, you know, some of the comedians are good. I mean, the hosts and stuff. But mm-hmm. and then it's like a commercial every five minutes, and then they're gonna tell you. Coming up, we've got blah, 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 blah. And they never get to any of those. They're coming up in the next hour and a half. And it's just like... Keep your hopes. Yeah, and it's just, it's become something, I don't know what even what it is now. And it's like, because, you know, we see celebrities all the time now, you know. So why are we still... What's it there for? Right. And again, I think this goes back to the the host situation. Mm. Uh, like, if it, you can do without a host, what else can you do without? Right. It makes everything optional. And, and, and not only that, but like people will come to see the host. They, it, the host sets the tone of the event. And if right. they are, if they are not only saying, I don't want to host it, but they are publicly saying the Oscars is the worst gig in town, which they are mm-hmm. saying that. They said mm-hmm. it this year in particular. Yeah. Then, well, okay, so the Oscars are the worst gig in town. Why watch it? You know, well, yeah. the, the, the thing I think is that they should do it without adverts because, in effect, the whole thing is in adverts. You go and see a movie. So, and, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous money grabbing by Disney. Why don't they movie 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 studios should pay for it because it's advertising their product, especially because Disney owns ABC and Disney owns the rights to the Oscars Mm -hmm. and and the Oscars. I think don't don't the Oscars come from the Disney Theater? I forget. But um, uh, so Disney has every has it all vertically tied up. So why not? Actually, they can actually probably make more money if. They broadcast it live, the entire thing. Yeah. You know, not that you know, you'd get stuff that you'd normally see within the commercials. You know, where they're moving this set or whatever, you'd have like all access, like whatever the people mm-hmm. in the theater see, you see, um, and do a fathom event for that. They'd make a boatload off of that, you know. Or, or they could do because what, people what, want. The whole reason why we're watching it is we want to be there but yeah. when you keep taking us out of the theater every you know two and a half to three minutes for commercial you know it's we're not there anymore you, lose your way. you know you lose your way. i mean they could do what they do have done for some special things like for instance the network 
Hello? Where'd he go? I thought he paused for dramatic yeah, effect. Dramatic but... effect. <laughs> well, a little too dramatic. On the front end, the front oh, end and we, the we, back we, end. We lost you for a bit there. You we went, lost you, you, you for went, a little bit there. You went to uh -oh. an advert, right? Uh oh. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. they, they, could, they could do it. I think they played they you out. Commercial. They sound nice. They saw the commercial at the beginning. They saw the commercial at the end. And maybe you take a break in the middle and you sell a commercial there, but you sell it for a ridiculous amount of money. Right. And, and that way you get a guaranteed audience that's just, that is going to make an event out of it. And you make enough money. Plus the fact is you're ABC, you're owned by Disney. Half the films that are up for an award are yeah, Disney yours. films anyway. So therefore, that it becomes an advertisement for you that you're going to make more money off of. So do you care that you're losing a little bit of money on the telecast uh, right. ad rev? No, you don't. Uh, you know, the, you're just not the, thinking about it the right way. Right. The other thing, too, is the nature of television has changed so much that mm. they really can't get away with that kind of crap anymore. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. You know, we're used to sitting down now and going to Netflix, Hulu, uh, yeah. Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. uh, you know, there's so many streaming Everywhere. alternatives out there with no commercials, and we will sit on the couch for three or four hours and watch something. Don't you know? We can do that now as a as a as a culture. You know, it's not mm -hmm. a like, well. Time for a break from TV. <laughs> no, we don't care anymore. Um, so people people will turn it into an event if they let it, but there's no fun if it's you know a commercial. Every, well, know. It's, it's even more than that because Apple will advertise that they're going to announce a new phone, and people will watch a two and a half hour presentation from Apple to yeah. see a man on the phone up at the end of it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. We, we, Things have you know, it used to be like, oh, let's keep this down to so many hours. Why? Mm -hmm. Why do you need to? Yeah. You've got a lot of awards oh. to get through. People want to say their piece, I and I get that. But you know, um the crunch is happening on our time, not theirs. You know, mm -hmm. they're 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 putting squeezing more and more commercials in and and you know, there's less and less show. Um but why, 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 why? I, I would think that what they could do, first of all, if it goes on for, let's say, three hours solid without a break, and it, right. it mm -hmm. could be 50 to 300, first of all, the the TV stations are not having to pay £100,000, £200,000 for, for dramas to fill those three hours. So they've, they've saved half a million pounds worth of programming for three right. hours prime time. If the studios don't charge the TV channels for for access in other words they get the three hour show for free then they can forego the adverts in that three hours and also people have been tuned to their channel for three hours they haven't been watching a rival channel for three hours so they've basically captured you know 20 million 30 million 50 million audience for three hours of prime time with no adverts that's going to have a a, a lot of knock-on positive impact and the film companies write off the cost against tax and it's been really a three-hour advert for the music movie industry yeah right. all yeah plus you know another factor in this is that i don't think there are such things as streaming rights for the oscars yeah because right, i've never right. yeah. I, 
I've never, there's no ability to see it on ABC. There's no ability to see it after the fact on like Oscars.com, even though they'll show you clips, but not the entirety of the thing. Right. right. So I don't, they haven't even tapped into that resource for some reason. I'm not sure what that reason. Before digital, before digital satellite, uh, we've never had the Oscars in the UK full. So yeah. I used to uh, go to watch the German channels because the German channels yeah. used to always cover it. And because all the, all the presentations were in English, it didn't matter if it was a German channel I was watching. Um, it was yeah. only the, the, the commentator talking over what was coming next that was in German. The rest of it was in English. So I always used to watch, watch those. Um, and they were unencrypted. Of course, it was harder to encrypt stuff in those days. Um, and anyway, you had to have a big dish to get those. You didn't just have a little small dish. You had to have almost like a one-meter dish. I had a 90-centimeter dish on the house. So I used to do that. Sure. But, uh, yeah, but, it's, but the Oscars are really <laughs> different in that regard. In that, like, let's say, take the Tonys. You can watch the Tonys streaming for at least some period of time, uh, not only, you know, during the live event, but for some period of time after that live event, you can watch it at least on, like, CBS All Access. Mm. It's just weird that there is no such thing, as far as I know, for the Oscars. I mean... Yeah. That just that limits their lifespan in the cultural zeitgeist. It's all about. It, it really has become a thing where you can totally bypass the show, get the list, and be done with it. Whereas the Tonys, to some degree, you know, has so much theatricality about it that you want to see, you know, whoever it is. Like this year, I think it was Josh Groban and somebody else doing an opening number that was quite elaborate. But, you know, it has established a reputation in this decade of, what's his name? Oh, God. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, do, doing these incredible 10-minute long things that have no break in them, that have just movement and, so, you know, voice and everything. Just crazy level of theatricality to demonstrate what theater is about. You know, well, I, I was just realized you could they don't sing have that for the Oscars. I didn't realize you could sing until so that. I mean, I think David Letterman was the one who ruined it with uh, doing his silly act about uh, Winfrey Wolfrey, and he did a, 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 he had one gag through the whole show and he he ruined it. But just taking us back to that list, um, I know you're mm. interested in uh, animated and stuff. Is there anything else? Further down that, I put the link back in the room just in case you didn't catch it before. Um, just to finish off on this list, the um, you know the adapted screenplay and uh, the best director was uh, Afonso Cuarón for Roma. Um, right. Yeah. And I think that was oh, yeah, this is, this is where, where, yeah. Where were we at? Where you took a breath, Dave? Uh, well, we're just it's finished the, the, the best actors. Best. Yeah, we're about there. We missed the supporting mm -hmm. actor. Uh, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, and uh, winner for Best Supporting Actor was Mara oh, Ali for the Green Book, that name. And then we're yeah. on to Best Director. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I'm never going to say that Quaron shouldn't have won. I mean, it was fine. It was not fine. It was, it's a, as you said, Dave, it's gorgeous. You know, a, a, as a piece of directing, oh. it is. Just it was sumptuous. very nice. 
I mean, but this is the whole thing. But to me, you know, he got slighted all the way back at Harry Potter 3. He should have, I think he should have been nominated for that because that, especially when you look at it in the context of the Harry Potter films, and this, so therefore a genre, at this point, that's a genre. Um, it's it's outstandingly well-directed. Um, but, but Roma is gorgeous, and I don't have any problem with who won that. But I mean, again, these are not, I, I don't know what other choice you would have made. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it, we're into foreground conclusion territory because it is uh, who was chosen. Now, if you had put the director of uh, Black Panther up there, like you should have, hmm, got yourself a little race, I think. Right. Um, but maybe not for the Oscars. I mean, you know. The Oscars regularly discount comic book films as being anything important, uh, as you know, as noted by the fact that you don't have Michael B. Jordan in Best Supporting Actor, which you know for Kilgore you really should have had. He, he was, I mean, that is a completely not not that is a villain in, that. I don't want to say is unique, but is sympathetic and is different than is not a comic book villain. That is a villain that actually has something to say. That actually has a reason for what they're doing. That is understandable. That's relevant. That is actually commenting upon our times. Uh, that brings Black Panther away from being just a simple comic book movie into being something that is socially relevant. And I, it's why is Michael B. Jordan not? Nominated, not nominated. I mean, maybe yeah. he didn't win, but nominate the guy because it was gorgeous acting. Uh, and you felt for him the entire damn time. I mean, it was, I don't know. It, did um, that young girl, did that young girl win for Black Panther as a, uh, a new breakout artist? The one that played the youngest sister? No, it was. she wasn't. Even, no, she wasn't. No. Not oh, even nominated sure. there. That should have been. Oh, she, not was, even she was fantastic, I thought. Mm. Meanwhile, yeah, they took yeah. two people from the favorite. I mean, why? The favorite was not that great. Uh, so I don't know. But now, having said that, I'm going to skip over these screen yeah, over, yeah. But, But, I mean, best animated feature, I think. That's the one unambiguous, yeah. obvious, no-brainer. Yes, this wins. Yes, there was actually a kind of a fight here. Um, in that Incredibles 2, that is a worthy competitor, I think. I Love Dogs, absolutely a worthy competitor. Uh, and actually, all these films are Oscar worthy, I think, in, the, I, in another I, I year. Would have, yeah, I would have thought, like, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse would win. But then I saw Ralph Breaks the Internet. And I was conflicted. I mean, they are different. Uh, <laughs> They are I think, totally different animated oh films. Well, but, and then if um, you go to Isle of Dogs, 100%, not even the same, not even animation animation. Right. How do you, you know, <laughs> how do you, how do you, that's a, how do you put these into, into any kind of an order? I mean, I, yeah. I basically, yeah, cried during Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm-hmm. And and it was a very very. It was a simple trick. 
what they did. I mean, it was, but, you know, when you start caring about animated characters, that's when they've, they're doing it right. <laughs> you know, no, really mm -hmm. seriously, when you start mm -hmm. really no, getting invested in, in these complete, I mean, it's really, it's just pixels on the screen. That's all they ever are. And somebody pixels right but you know it's and and it got me it and i didn't know that about the movie and i just i'm like mm -hmm. you just hold off and kick me right in the in the fields and that was not fair <laughs> i still yeah. i watched i haven't watched it for a second time yet because i'm quite i'm not quite sure about the end <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's great that's you know yeah. why was it so long with the incredibles i mean that's about 15 years in it since incredibles the first one so heck well that's what i love about it it's like like after incredibles i'm like don't you follow this up with a you know a a, a cheap uh sequel Knock off. and then and then and then uh an animated series um and yeah. everything that comes along with it and it's spin off and whatever. No, you come back when you got something to say. And they did. I, I love yep. that incredible. That's exactly how that. I wanted Incredibles to 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 function and for what, yeah. what they needed to do. It's like, no, this was really good. Don't you dare spoil this unless you can Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great movie, you know, thoroughly satisfying. Yeah, and I love that. <laughs> the, I love the irony of the disjunct between the narrative uh, passage of time and the actual passage of time. Yes, fifteen-year gap, but yeah, Incredibles two starts the second after. Second after, Incredible. I think that was. Oh, like, and, it, and it reveal and it's so interesting because if you if you just went into the theater and you hadn't seen Incredibles in a long time, or maybe you never saw Incredibles at all, and you walked in and saw Incredibles two. Uh, I think you walk away with a very different impression of that film than if you watch Incredibles 1 and then immediately watch Incredibles 2, which now you can do because they're all out on digital or yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. But that the experience of watching them back to back is really very cool because it's it then becomes obvious that, like, like you say, Ian, yeah. they had something to say. Yeah. And it they book in each other very nicely. Oh, yeah. In the sense it's... that... You know, the first movie is, is more about him. The second movie is more about her. Uh, they're both about, you know, the how the kids grow up and become worthy of their parents' respect, more or less, with right. maybe a different emphasis in the first movie than in the second movie. Uh, and, and there's just, there's a lot of stuff that uh, you get out of it when you watch them back to back, which, you know, that doesn't happen all the time with sequels, you know? Huh. Uh, and, fact, uh, and, um, and you wouldn't have expected it to happen because there was that that massive gap in production time. You know? Yeah, you think, oh, we're 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 are they? Yeah, the kids older now, and, and oh, it's just it's still in the parking lot. <laughs> nope, uh, we're just gonna have to recast the kid voices because they're now too old to do it. <laughs> right, and you seen it? To, uh, no, mm -hmm. not, I've seen a, I've just seen a. Um, uh, uh, what's it? A trailer of Incredibles two? No, mm -hmm. I haven't watched. It. You should see it. Oh, because, you should. Uh, yeah. uh, it's on Netflix, uh, now, isn't it? I think might so. well be. Might well be. Yeah. Um, might well be. 
but uh, we've got uh, uh, two of the cast from Better Call Saul in it. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's that. But I, I really it, it, can't. Mm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I was just gonna say I really can't recommend the Isle of Dogs strongly enough. Mm. Like that film. <laughs> I mean, it's you just wonderful creation. A year ago, it must have been very early on in the. Uh, the yeah, it's very on, early on in this cycle. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but and then that's what, that's why I think it's amazing that it actually made it onto the list uh, because a lot of times that that's you know. The kiss of kiss death of the Oscar. If you <laughs> if you release in February, that's not going to work for yeah. you or whatever. Uh, but man, that film it, it is. You know, Wes Anderson. I I'm predisposed to like his stuff anyway, but it is another instance of just creating this out there world that you have to learn about as you go through the film. And the animation style is just gorgeous and different, not like anything that. Well, all of these films, luckily have a very different uh, animation style from each other. But this in particular is just, I think, something that I'm pretty sure was created uniquely for this film. Right. And and therefore, it just you, you get into it and you're like, wow, this is crazy good. This is crazy good. I cannot believe what's going on. And it's, you know, this great social commentary uh, at the same time that there's a lot of humor in it and there's a bit of adventure in it. And you lose yourself in you know, the great voice acting that's going on, really wonderful film. I, I would not have been at all mad if that had beat Spider-Verse. But at the same time, I'm really glad that, you know, yeah. <laughs> a truly popular film won, uh, especially one that was trying to uh, sort of redefine the, the aging comic book uh, or superhero genre. Uh, but you know, if you're a fan of animation, this was a really good year. To be it's sure. Just, can, I, can I just ask the Um, I was just saying, no, this, no. why is there no category for comedy and musicals? I mean, is it, was the, did they drop that category? I thought that was like a combined category because you would have thought if you'd had um, in the fifties. Oh, it's that long ago, is it? It, or I think maybe the last of that was the early part of the '60s or whatever. But yeah, they they have long abandoned that category because there, oh, well, there aren't enough yeah. musicals really made. But you can imagine if there were a musical category, what's going to win this year? There's only really one no, that's, choice. That's why they used to have didn't they used to combine either musical or comedy or something into a. I a forget the whole history, but yeah, the, yeah, there definitely was a time where you could just win best musical and be done with it because they were making enough musicals that it made some yeah, sense to do yeah. that. And then I think you are right. I think there came a time where it was like best film was only for dramas. And then there was like this sort of comedy or musical thing. I think. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that must've been gone by 1960 because 1960 was the apartment that won best picture. And that's a straight up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Lemon yeah, and all that. So uh, I think I you're talking there about were still comedies when I was watching it and like the, 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 the uh, 80s. That's what they still had. No, because no, that was my no, thing. Was, no, because no? Tootsie was up against Gandhi in 82, 83. Right. Perhaps so, other yeah. awards had it. Perhaps things like Golden Globes no. and others kept yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Golden The SAG awards and things like that. And I yes, think I think Golden Globe awards. 
they have musical or comedy. I right. Um, they had it for longer. I don't know if they still do. Because I mean, you still don't make. There aren't that many musicals. I mean, honestly, seriously, if you do it this year, there's all, you would only have Mary Poppins. Really. I'm looking now. I've got the page up anyway. Yeah. No, there you go. Uh, no, they're but still yeah. doing it. Do you remember the Martian one for being a comedy, uh, for being a comedy or something? Do you remember? Remember, everybody said, how could, that's a science fiction. How could it have won the comedy award? Remember, about four, three years ago. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Deadpool but, went against La La Land in 2016. Oh, but this is this is what, Golden Globes, you're saying? Yeah, Golden Globes. I put the link in the oh, room there. Yeah. Different rules. But yeah. Yeah, different rules, yeah. I mean, this is, you know what this year reminds me of with this whole, uh, getting on to our next category, which is the best foreign language film, uh, with the whole Roma thing. This reminds me of that year, I forget what year it was, but, um, oh, hell. What was, uh, something beautiful? Is that what it was? Beautiful Mind? No, 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 no. The, the, Italian life language is film. Life is Beautiful was nominated for Best Picture, but also Best Foreign Film, and it didn't yeah. win Best Picture, but it won Best Foreign Film. That's that, you know, there's precedent yeah. for what has happened here with Quaron. And I, I don't mind it, I guess. I mean, I, I'm glad that it that Roma itself won. I think it's fine. Um versus the other things that are here. But it is interesting that there is that parallel. I don't know. That was a long time ago. Then. That was like early 90s. I don't quite remember. But Yeah, I mean, here in this one, um, 2000, where well, I'm up to, 2012 in the Globes, um, the best exotic Marigold Hotel was in the same category as uh, Silver Linings Playbook and Les Miserables. That's oh, dumb for it to be up against Les Mis. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah, anyway. Would you I mean, but, me? but it would have been in the Oscars, you know, because there's only one, there's only best film. Boom, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. So, um, I will say the best best documentary here. Uh, yeah, for that. It's, it's good. There are a lot of really interesting things that are in best doc, but I am a little bit sad that Minding the Gap didn't win. I don't mind it free solo one. It's good. It's great. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, when you get into documentaries, it's all about the subject. It's all about what your interest is. I mean, it is about the craftsmanship, too. But I think more than with, like, best film, best, you know, narrative film, with best documentary film, you the subject matter itself matters. And so, like, RBG, which is actually a really great documentary, probably could never have won in this climate because it's just too clearly left, you know? Uh, and people would have said, oh, well, you're just, you know, voting for the thing on the left. But Mining the Gap, it's on Hulu. And I think Free Solo is either on Hulu or Netflix too. But if you get a chance to see Mining the Gap, especially now that it's free on Hulu, take it, take advantage of that because you will see some cinematography in this film that you have never seen anywhere else. It is gorgeous. Film about uh, skateboarding culture and the oh, shots that they get 
the shots that they get are just like, how in the hell did they do that? If you're a fan of film and the procedure of film, uh, and, and you kind of got a thing for skate culture, which I kind of do, I guess, um, you should definitely watch this film. It, it is, I'm glad that they nominated it because that shows an appreciation for the craft of documentary filmmaking, even though, you know, probably unlikely that the stuffy Academy that chose whatever the hell um, for, for green book for best film, they probably never would have gone for a skateboarding film. That was probably always in the cards, but at least they recognized they couldn't just leave it out there, which is good. Oh, re it released at the Dun Sundance Film Festival mm -hmm. first. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, perfect, perfect film for Sundance. I mean, this is what Sundance is made for, right? This is Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. have a film about, you know, skateboarding because that, that makes sense to do here in this little isolated part of Utah. Um, but I, I was glad to see uh, um, Mike Panther did actually get some awards though. One of oh, yeah, yeah. production design. Because mm -hmm. that thing is just and costume. Let, let's be yeah. honest. If it had not if it had not won for production design, I I don't know. I don't know what I would have yeah. done. I Riot. mean I say that. Riot. Like I like I've got any power over the situation. But yeah, geek riots. Uh, geek riots anyone? anyone? I mean no? geek riot. I mean that <laughs> what a sumptuous thing. And it's and it's great that it did. It's it's great that it did because it, yeah. it breaks this this kind of ridiculous trend again of why in the world do we give awards out to people being able to reproduce what was cataloged in the past? You know, just right. being able to go to some southern mansion from the eighteen hundreds, getting yeah. the patterns off the wall and then putting them together so that you can shoot Lincoln or whatever. I don't yeah. know if they, if it won for production design, yeah. but I mean, to me, that's like a, a great example of research, but research. I don't know if it, design, mm, yes, there is right. some design involved, obviously, but it, it's not original thinking. It's reproduction. Right. And I mean, the, 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 the thing I just love and um, whenever I'm, the, they're doing the flyover in mm. Wakanda when they come through mm. the field. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. the The thing I think of is it's like if people, you know, what uh, three, four hundred years ago mm -hmm. had a jump start on us and and built the first, um, you know, skyscraper. And that's that's those buildings. There's mm -hmm. just something that's just so recognizable as an idea and just gorgeous to look at. And you're like, I, I totally it's like I totally saw so what they were doing. You know, I'm like, I get that. That's and and it just it rather than it being pretty on the screen, it it just serves a purpose and it's you know, kind of educates you on where you're flying into. And then everything else was just yeah, beautiful, you know. It's a good movie. I like Black Panther. But again, but again I actually caught, the, my, the I about... caught my wife watching it without me. Oh. I mean, I, I've swung her over to the geek side quite a lot, but, you know, it's usually a couple's thing. 
And I just go, I'm like, what do you watch? She goes, Black Panther? I'm like, <laughs> thanks. And I just stormed off. I'm like, that's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it just didn't stop there either. Now she's watching Star Trek without me. And, yeah. <laughs> You'll be in the shed in the garden next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm being written out of this marriage. Uh, any more things you want to mention? Because I think we're running a little bit long now. Uh, oh, we're only, this is only the second news item. What? <laughs> I know. I, don't, I mean, Mike, Mike disappeared. I don't he had Star Trek news, and so <laughs> he's gone. I, I mean, I will say, best original song here. I mean, what a foregone conclusion that was in a way but also i don't understand the song that they chose from mary Poppins returns like that is such a mystery to me why that song uh i i, I in, in reference to your prior points i don't get best mm -hmm. visual effects either first man got again you're you've you're not creating anything i mean yeah it's, it's oh they, it's like they, they, i created i i created a movie uh of of my house and somebody went and built a house to be specifically filmed you know yeah. um it's it's well, it's all did. stuff that's there the reference material is well, I, I mean, I watched that on Blu-ray. It looked fantastic. I mean, the, yeah, the, when, when you, you look at things like Christopher Robin, I mean, that's that's a little better because what they're trying to do is create um, these creatures, you know, from this kid's imagination that are so familiar to everybody, you know, that they've got to come up with this real world way of them interacting and everything and so that ready player one is i'm sorry gorgeous and mm -hmm. avengers infinity war again there's just some phenomenal stuff going on there and best visual effects goes to a rocket going the least to space yeah. well oh okay <laughs> and and from what i understand yeah. it's, that doesn't happen to like the last 45 minutes right oh well well they, well, they say that was a an artistic thing the idea was that they were using 16 millimeter film at the beginning to make it look more historically right. dated and then but one of the scenes that that where he's, he's in a jet fighter doing testing before he goes a visual effect though right? but it is uh, they actually well, uh, they're just using film. they're just using old film <laughs> no no well they didn't first of all they had to rebuild they used the filter i got one of them on my phone yeah yeah but that only provided <laughs> a central reference key point that's a paint in the rest of it and then they used a forced 4k imax screen and projected the like the the upper atmosphere where he he breaks through he hits uh, 144,000 feet uh, and but then he they... starts to flow, and it looked absolutely fantastic. The only thing I wish, I wish I had a good sound system like I believe Darth has, because some of the shaking and rattling as it's taking off and the Atlas rockets booming later on. Mm -hmm. would have I'm been, not buying I, it, I, I'm Well, not, I I'm actually switched the headphones. The sound bar couldn't cope, so I actually put my headset on, my Bluetooth headset on, uh, mm. and ramped it up that way. 
but I thought it was, but that was more for audio effects, of course, not visual. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't get that, you know, because it's like you're you're just creating, you know, pictures that we've all seen before. Well, it took me yeah. back. I mean, I watched the moon landings. And it took me yeah. right back to that time. So for me, it was absolute. But but I mean, and the but, and we're just talking. Point. We're just talking visual effects here. You know, right, things that okay. are created specifically, which is, you know, a rocket launching and going into space. It's things that we've seen over and over again. And to, to kind of you know, back, have Darth back me up here, Avengers Infinity War, Ready Player One, uh, Solo, they're all creating brand new things, mm-hmm. you know, that we've never seen yeah. before. You know, Solo, we're getting to different planets and seeing different creatures and landscapes that don't couldn't possibly exist or we've got something that is just essentially from a visual effects standpoint copied from source material well i'll tell you what it reminded me of there's a fantastic netflix series i watched called mind hunter which was about Mm. the birth of um profiling psychopaths Right. And yeah. that was in the sixties, and that had the same look, you know, had all the cars and the, right. the way they talked and the reel-to-reel tape. I don't think you ever saw uh, Mindhunter, uh, Darth, uh, but I would imagine it was right would be right up your street. But that's 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 design and not. Yeah, I know. Uh, visual uh, effects, I must admit, you know. It mm-hmm. was, uh, I I agree, yeah. but um, I would say, yeah. by the way, first of all, it's not worth buying it in four in the 4k ultra hd because it's like say it's only the moonscape at the end that looks as though it's pushing the blu-ray to it, right. uh, its limits okay. but I yeah I don't, know, I don't know how much choice you have over that well at least on itunes there's no choice you are getting 4k whether you like it or not give it or not you know and, and you know with itunes of course they they could come back and just upgrade it and you would never have a choice over that so Right. Well, they forced the, but, but, well, they forced in a forced U two on me. <laughs> Back. Oh my God! Yeah, that was a long time ago. I totally <laughs> forgot that. I still got uh, that album. I didn't ask for it. I but still I got do it. too. I mean, it's still somewhere in <laughs> it's just, it's library. It's like it's, all right, whatever. It, I don't really. It, I was never it, mad about that. Huh? But, uh, but well, well, no, it, 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 it's hmm. weird on the surface. No, I mean it's 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 cool on the surface. It's like, hey, I got a free album for nothing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing's like, it's, it's like somebody broke into your phone and put it there. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, hey, that wasn't there last night. And you're like, it, it became it's, this it's, weird kind of invasion of privacy thing of like, snuck into your house and left an album. <laughs> I guess, but it, see, it seems totally irrelevant now in the age of like, you know, Apple Music. Oh, I know. But it's just like, because thank you so much. But then it was like, oh, really? Okay. What well, the, that's really? You, you just just came on in? Did you get some milk? You know. I mean, you know, it, and, and but the, I mean, it seemed even less strange to me, even at that time, because I had I, mean, I had the uh, there was there was this limited edition YouTube uh, uh, what you call it iPod. I don't know if you remember that, hmm. but there there was a physical device that had YouTube branding on it from Apple. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well, this is just part of their partnership. Who the hell cares? I mean, if I don't want to listen to it, I just don't listen to it. It doesn't matter to me. Right. But, but yeah, 
<laughs> funny outcry over it. But, yeah, what I was just saying about the mm-hmm. uh, no trouble without the 4K, you're right. But they don't have very sometimes the 4K content because quite often I'll actually have to search for 4K because mm-hmm. right. I watch it where I can on my on, on the TV. Anyway, oh, um, not, and, not yeah. Apple because Apple has to prove to you why why you got to spend money to get a 4K branded Apple TV. <laughs> so they just put that. Yeah. Front and center, they do. They let you know every time they upgrade stuff. They have a whole category in the iTunes store that is just 4K movies for 9.99 or less. Boom. Which I kind of love. I love yeah. it. it. I mean, it is difficult. Like on Voodoo and stuff, they've got a, mm-hmm. they've got one a section now, but it's it's hard to find it. I keep finding it by <laughs> accident and going, that's where all the 4K movies are. Okay, I'll, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 kind of like nobody's really sure about 4K. It's like, is this do we? Is this going to be like Betamax and VHS? No, we, we okay? Uh, they, they no, don't it's, 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 like content is, 4K content is hidden. Like I've got to search for stuff on Netflix. They don't have a 4K section. Oh if yeah, you're watching the H, if you're watching the HD content instead of 4K, they can serve four people for the same bad wind. So they have four people watching. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's the same bad wind. Yeah, I guess that's true. I never thought about that, but it is it is super super obvious. On, uh, oh yeah, and then you, they'll even push it to you in your email and say, "Here's what's new on 4K." Boom, boom, boom. Right. Now, I don't yeah. know if I'm just getting that because they know that I've got, you know, 4K. Because yeah. they know you're being discerning. targeted. No, they yeah. know he's discerning. Yeah. Yes, he's oh yeah. <laughs> but it's like it comes, I'm looking at okay. it right. I'm looking at it right now on my Apple TV. It's a whole damn column right at the bottom of the main page. Now available yeah. on 4K. Oh, okay, great, whatever. Thanks. And it's it's really cool when there is something down there that you're like, oh, really? Like Greece? Why do we need 4K Greece? I don't know, but we got it. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you well, why. I, it, I'll tell you why. It's slicker. Oh. 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 God. <sighs> anyway, you deserve it. Anyway, but I'm on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but other little things that are on this list. Moving back to it so we can quickly get up with it. Uh, I I do like that the that bow one for best animated short. That was an awesome short. That was on what was it on? Oh, it's on the spell. Yeah, it's on. It was the it was the short. Leading into Incredibles 2. So it's like half of the theatrical team of Incredibles 2 won an Oscar, which is great. It is so original. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, you probably saw it if you went to see Incredibles 2 in the theater. If you didn't, it's on your Blu-ray disc or whatever. I'll have to look at my extras uh, now because I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you should. It's so great. It totally I'm going to go out there next and look and because it's like we, 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 we didn't see it in the theater and then we just kind of came out. And there was a good deal on it, and I bought it. I didn't buy it in 4K. I wish I had. That was uh, right before the 4K TV arrived. Thingy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that was a, that was a good choice, I thought, and another little way for Disney to win another Oscar because Lord knows mm-hmm. they need them. Um, yep. It's a but, pity Mike isn't here because a trivial question for him was um, that Peter Capaldi won an Oscar for a short about 12 years ago, whatever it was. I remember watching him on the oh, Graham yeah, Norton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, and he had an Oscar too, winner yeah. on, and uh, Graham mm-hmm. Norton says, we have another Oscar winner on stage. <laughs> and he had to borrow 
he said he had to borrow the money of a friend mm -hmm. to be able to fly over to Rory to go and collect it. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. I do think, you know, another little minor thing in best sound mixing, what you were just talking about with First Man. Yeah. First Man lost in this category but was nominated. I do think sound mixing in First Man is better than sound mixing in The Winner, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I honestly think that the only reason that Bohemian Rhapsody won is because for some reason people love this damn film and they love the songs of Queen and they think sound, oh, yeah, it should get an Oscar because there's right. music that we love. Instead of actually paying attention to editing, where I really do think that First Man wins. I mean, what incredible sound design. Um, but whatever. You know, it's at least yeah. they got yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, how can we say no to Queen because it's Queen? Yeah, because so let's queen, just give them yeah, these yeah, yeah. Queen's in the list. Yeah, we man. should really give it to Queen because people will be mad if we give it to because everybody loves Queen, right? <laughs> you know? And they, but but the sad thing is, they gave it to both of them, they gave them both, they, they gave Bohemian Rhapsody both editing and mixing of sound, and right. they could have at least split it, they could have at least said, yeah. Well, okay, editing sound, maybe that goes to Bohemian Rhapsody, but mixing, come on. That led that, let's give that to the first man yeah, or um, something. Peter Capaldi, oh. his short was called Frank Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life. That was in 1993 yeah. with mm -hmm. uh, Richard E. Grant as Franz Kafka. Of course, I was Ken Stop, but uh, yeah, that's what he won it for. It's also one of the reasons, by the way, that when he first embarked upon his role as the 12th doctor. He was tapped by, oh, what museum is it? It's effectively the the UK equivalent of the Museum of Modern Art, but I forget what its exact name is. But anyway, he was tapped by this museum that dealt with modern art uh, to do a short documentary about Impressionism and it's one of, it's i think it's still on youtube it's really good and uh it ties into the fact that he probably has this sort of intellectual side to him and the fact that he's got i think he's got a full degree but at least went to school for art design right and it's a whole it's a whole side of him that you don't hear that much about but it, it is you know legitimately a great piece of documentary filmmaking and it, it will forever be my regret that he never became the first doctor to direct his own episode of Doctor Who. I would have loved that. Right. But he didn't. Anyway. Yep. Let's wrap up on uh, any more on oh. that list, Ian? No, I think no. I, I, I do have, because, because uh, I think I knew what uh, Mike's, uh, Star Trek news was, so I wanted to get that oh. in for him since he okay. left. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's two things. Uh, Discovery has been renewed for uh, season three. And uh, they just announced, I think it was Friday, uh, that the Star Trek Picard series is to uh, the first two episodes, I think, are being directed by uh, Hanali Culpepper. So, uh, so it's the first time, I guess, uh, the uh, Star Trek, the beginning of the Star Trek series has been 
kind of helmed by a woman rather than the captain being a woman. So, but yeah, she's uh, worked on shows. She's actually uh, already directed some Discovery, uh, Gotham, yeah. Lucifer, Flash, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, uh, so, uh, cool. I have, I really have not looked at any of the information on. So if you're, I think there are some details further down, but the the, the you know the main you know just if you're searching around the internet, don't click on anything in case they tell you anything that you don't want to know. Because <laughs> I don't know if I want to know any of the details about the Picard series until you know I don't know we see a trailer or something. When is it coming out? Do we know? Let it uh, know either. Yeah. Uh, I guess they've they've announced casting and you know she's assigned to it, so it's going to be. I'll be filming pretty pretty soon. Probably around Thanksgiving or something, or down November somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, sooner than that, maybe. I don't even know if this is like a you know mini series, like the, the death of Picard. Maybe who knows? Um, yeah, that would be kind of cool, actually. Not that I want Picard to die, but if they had some really cool story. You know, a uh, bit on the grittier side, you know, and, uh, you know, the well, miniseries, you know, six or eight parts, and, you know, of you know, John Luke's final moments. Well, well, perhaps we can ask Mike uh, when we're back next month, Ian, if he can uh, yeah. uh, just Remember? give us a little bit more of on. Yeah. Um, our right. next episode, because we're now monthly, will be. Again, the first Sunday in the month, so that will be April the seventh. So perhaps uh, we can ask him to give us a bit fuller information then, and maybe the more information available then as well. Um, this this show actually, uh, they say it's always good to finish on a joke. Uh, we'll get to that when Dave signs off. Um, but uh, one I caught my eye on the internet uh, that uh, that is, is is very fitting for this episode. Uh, Remy Malek won uh, Best Oscar, uh, Best Actor Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury of Queen. Queen's song Radio Gaga is how Oscar winner Lady Gaga got her name. Lady Gaga once wore a dress made of meat. Oscar Mayer makes meat products. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I bought this show to Kevin Bacon. <clears throat> right. Well, I think I think we want to have uh, all of the good enough uh, damage. What? Uh, no, no, no. Um, we before we actually play out. Um, do you want me to play the um that trailer for Captain Marvel? I do think since it's not come out in the states, we that might get a little bit of coverage next time we meet. Somebody may have watched it by then. It may be even Darth might have seen it by the time we're back next month. We can play it out. Play it out at the, after we say goodbye. Okay. And then I'll play the okay. closing credits. All right. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Darth, for putting up with me and uh, <laughs> uh, my man over here. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, thanks for stopping in. Yeah, kind thanks of, for kind of a little, Kind of a little more relaxed this, this, uh, this month. Yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. So it's more relaxed than others, but, you know. I say, um, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for stopping by. And uh, Cybob, uh, we missed you and uh, come back soon. 
because these unofficial shows are kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, until next time, it's goodbye, Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor. Goodbye, everybody. And here she is. soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up until I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. We have no idea what threats are out there. We can't do this alone. We need you. I'm not what you think I am. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.